1: And finally, I heard the Krispy Kreme is coming out with the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Donut. So if someone who wants to eat a donut and a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup at the same time, something tells me you already have. Uh, you guys you have a great show tonight.
0: Good point. Yeah. Stunt food yeah. gets attention, but aren't, you're right.
2: Aren't we all over that now?
0: If, you, if that's the sort of thing you want, you've probably... <laughs> probably done that on your own what's to stop you i'm still reading through the transcripts that have just been released by the washington post somebody leaked the full transcripts of trump's first conversation with the mexican president on the phone and his conversation with the australian president on the phone and uh boy this is you can't you can't run a government when you got people leaking this sort of stuff but the transcripts are damn interesting Just reading the actual way Trump talks to another world leader and trying to negotiate and everything, it's fascinating stuff. You're going to hear cherry-picked excerpts all day long, I'm sure, because they're very long. Uh,
2: And I believe Jack and anyone else who reads this article is guilty of foreign espionage. Mm. So uh, I would like to see enormous camps set up for all of you who click on that article. I have violated the Logan Act or something. (laughs) Certainly. In spirit, (laughs) if not the letter of the law. So, listen, the president um, trots out the new immigration policy, uh, the result of which will be to cut lawful immigration by roughly half, going away from chain immigration where if uh, if Joe Foreigner uh, immigrates, then his wife and his kids and his uncle and his aunt and his cousin and his grandma and his grandpa, well, they get the right to come in because old Joe is Joe in. Uh, as opposed to what's been proposed, which is a merit-based system. You uh, Number one, you speak English so you can get by in our society. You, uh, you have a skill that we could use, et cetera, et cetera. It's merit-based, which is uh, progressive Canada's way of doing things and, and most of the countries around the world. You've got to prove, A, that you can make a living, and B, you're not doing something that, for instance, a German citizen could do every bit as well. And all you're doing is occupying a job that they would have. Um, It's it's just common sense immigration policy. If you would like it to be more loose or you'd like it to be. I mean, for instance, uh, husband, wife, kids can come in. Uh, We're not we're not completely ending that if you think it ought to be grandma and grandpa, too. Okay, we'll talk about it. It's perfectly fine. If you think the numbers ought to be bigger or looser or whatever, that's perfectly fine. But the idea that this is somehow some nightmare racist engineering of something or other is just be an adult. For goodness sakes, quit with the emotional arguments. And that's what bothers me so much about the whole Emma Lazarus poem. It is a lovely poem. It's a really nice uh, sentiment. She's contrasting the big statue. I think the Colossus at Rhodes, or the Colossus of Rhodes, is that the statue she's referring to? Various statues of old were projections of power and dominance. And this statue is a statue of liberty, of the lack of dominance. Yes, Joe, it is of, the
0: Statue of Liberty.
2: You're right. Yes, I'm asking you to rethink the name of it. Mm. It's a statue of the government not dominating you. And she wrote a little poem. And they put it on the plaque years later, actually, on the Statue of Liberty, because it had done such a nice job raising money for the, the the what do you call it, the base of the statue, to put it on. That is not a permanent statement that is not the first amendment all immigration policy does not have to square constitutionally with Emma Lazarus poem that's a silly notion I mean if you were to put you can't always get what you want But if you try some time, you just might find you get what you need. And you put that at the base of the Washington Monument. That doesn't mean all law must square with Jaggerism for the rest of our history. That's a silly notion. With all respect to the lovely poem Ms. Lazarus penned.
0: So... Which which other clip do you want to hear of Stephen Miller yelling at uh, Jim Acosta? You want to hear more of that?
2: He, he, oh, I absolutely love it. Vince, you, you you're more familiar with the structure of it. I kind of like the way it was edited up um in that that uh, uh the Tucker uh, Carlson thing. Uh what do you think about running just, that? Yeah. So, who is Stephen Miller before we play this? He's the president's econ what's his title? I just saw advisor. Yeah, he's one of the president's uh, top advisors.
0: And Jim Acosta and is he is
2: heading up uh, immigration. I was shocked to find out how old he was.
0: Old Do you guys have a guess about the age of one Stephen Miller? He's balding yet youthful looking. 52. 47. He's 31. Wow. 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 And, and feisty. Wow,
2: he's 31? And not a shred of hair on him. That's right. China. So he's, um, <laughs> he's squaring off against, uh, and this is certainly prejudicial, but grandstanding anti-Trump doofus jim acosta of fake news cnn
1: this whole notion of well they could learn you know they have to learn english before they get to the united states are we just going to bring in people from great britain and australia
4: jim is actually i have to honestly say i am shocked at your statement that you think that only people from great britain and australia would know english it's actually it reveals your cosmopolitan uh, bias to a shocking degree that in your mind, no, this is an amazing, this is an amazing moment. This is an amazing moment that you think only people from Great Britain or Australia would speak English. is so insulting to millions of hardworking immigrants who do speak English from all over the world. Jim, have you honestly, Jim, have you honestly never met a an immigrant from another country who speaks English outside of Great Britain and Australia is that your personal experience? There,
1: of course, there are people who come. But to that's this not country what you said, and
4: world. it shows. It shows your cosmopolitan bias. And I just want to say,
1: like you're trying to engineer
4: the racial say. and
1: ethnic flow of people into this country. Yeah, this is that is one of
4: the most outrageous, insulting, ignorant, and foolish things you've ever said.
0: <laughs>
2: that's good stuff. Oh, there's, okay. Do you want the next one? Uh, yeah, go ahead, yeah.
3: The Statue of Liberty Jim, has always Jim, been let me ask you a of
2: hope
1: to the world, Jim, for people to send Jim, do you believe their people to this country, Jim, and they're not always going to speak Jim, English. Stephen. Jim, they're not going to be highly skilled. They're not always Jim. Going to be, Jim.
4: Jim. I, I appreciate your speech, Jim. I appreciate your speech. So, let's let's talk about this,
1: a, Jim. Let's talk
4: scripture. about this. Yeah. In 1970, when we let in 300,000 people a year, was that violating or not violating the Statue of Liberty law of the land? Tell me what years meet. Tell me what years meet Jim Acosta's definition of the Statue of Liberty poem, law of the land. So you're saying a million a year is the Statue of Liberty number. Nine hundred thousand violates it. Eight hundred thousand violates it.
2: That's that's some really yeah, good that, sarcasm. That's an there. excellent point right there. Yeah. And uh, the final one. This has Tucker on the end of it. So let fine. me know if you yeah. want to cut it off. No, okay. no, that's all right
4: we've had periods of very large waves followed by periods of less immigration and more immigration and during the We're in a, we've had a period
1: of immigration right now government wants to build it's, wall, actually, and it. to it's actually about a sweeping change it, to the surely jim so, you
4: don't actually think that a wall affects green card policy you couldn't possibly believe that, do you? Actually, the notion that you actually think immigration is at a historic law, the foreign born population in the United States today. With the Jim. New
1: chief Jim. On Monday,
4: talk, talking about how border crossings. Do you really I, I want to be serious, Jim. Do you really at CNN not know the difference between green card policy and illegal immigration? Uh,
2: another we question. Can answer that question? No, they don't know the difference. Jim Acosta and the network he works for don't know much at all about this subject. They don't know how many immigrants come here every year or how They don't have any clue as to how many should
4: come, ideally. They know very little about the economic effect those immigrants have on Americans who already live here because they don't care enough to find out. They're utterly ignorant on the subject of immigration. And yet, and here's the amazing part, they are still filled with absolute moral certainty
2: and boundless self-righteousness. They are buffoons, in other words. The drunk guy at the party with bad breath who won't stop talking. Wow, is that embarrassing. (laughs) <laughs> well
0: said um, th- that's the first time i've ever heard a decent pushback on the whole immigration thing I've, I've been screaming for years i don't understand why there's nobody in government that can call a reporter or an open borders type and say uh, you're you're mixing up illegal and legal which are we talking about now right uh and, you know and nail them down on that nice. and what's what's the number supposed to be okay let's have an argument over that but but
2: Just open, anybody can come? That's obviously ridiculous. Nobody does that. during the commercial, see if you can find Lindsey Graham's statement. Uh, I think he may have been on Morning Jose. He's talking about uh, why he opposes this policy. Uh, There's a little clip of that. Then I want to respond to that. I don't. Um, And the the question of immigration and jobs Americans won't do and uh, wages and the rest of it. By the way,
0: I think this is easily... A over 50% win for the president, this whole this whole policy, this immigration thing. Oh, yeah. Not even close. It's just, you know, the media's in that group of people that think it's abhorrent. But the, for most of America, this is absolutely the smart thing to do. According it, to every single poll on the topic. But um, I don't know what the number ought to be. I don't know if cutting in half's a good idea or not. I, I don't have the slightest idea. But talk to smart people, demographers, business leaders, whatever. Come up with a number and stick to it. Of course, none of this matters if you have illegal immigration continuing. Right, pouring in by the millions. Uh, Stay tuned. You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: Why do special interests want to bring in more low skilled workers? And why historically?
1: Common sense, I'm asking for specific. Well, I think it's very clear, Glenn, that you're not asking for common sense.
4: But if I could just answer. If I just answer your question, possible, I named, I named, I named, the studies, Glenn, 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 I named the studies, I named the studies. I asked you for a statistic. Can you tell me Glenn, how many, the, maybe many, we'll make a carve out in the bill yeah. that says the New York Times can hire all the low skilled, less paid workers they want from other countries and see how you feel then about low wage substitution. This is a reality that's happening in like our country. No, maybe it's time we had compassion, Glenn, for American workers. Well, I, President Trump has met with American workers who've been replaced by foreign workers and ask, ask them, ask them how this has affected their lives. Look at I, I just told you.
0: Excellent, excellent point and question, in my opinion. That's the part that always gets left out of these conversations. When we're worried about dreamers, how about the guy who's born in the United States and dreams of having a construction job and supporting his family but can't because you let an endless flow of illegal immigration
2: come in? What about his dream? Let's
1: hear from her.
2: Senator Lindsey Graham, a Republican who has been cited as being against the moves announced by the White House. The argument is that uh, these um, foreign workers are hurting American wages
4: and job opportunity. I think that's not accurate. I think the truth is that employers can advertise until the cows come home, and there's certain areas like meatpacking and tourism and agriculture that you just can't find American-born labor to do those jobs, and these legal visas keep the company from going out of business or moving overseas. And I don't want an economy that doesn't recognize how diverse we are as a nation. And to take all the green cards and put them in one end of the economy is just, I think, uh, ill-advised. And I can't support that.
2: I think it's kind of interesting that he tried to throw the diversity card in there. Uh, awkwardly, it was like a sixth card in a game of five-card Um but what he said about, look, you can advertise all day long. You can't you can't find Americans to do the job. I want to go to his um, comments to his local papers, the Post and Courier, which is the big paper there in South Carolina. Love South Carolina. Oh, what a, it's a gorgeous state. It's a little sticky down there, but it's uh, just gorgeous, a little humid. But he said, listen, and I quote, this is Lindsey Graham. This is what he really means. South Carolina's number one industry is agriculture, and tourism is number two. If this proposal were to become law, it would be devastating to our state's economy, which relies on this immigrant workforce. So, okay, that's that's what he really meant. His statement about you can advertise all day long, and you can't find Americans to do the job. Listen, I, everybody always says about this, it's a very emotional issue. I, I'm not terribly emotional about it. It seems pretty plain to me. He is right, given the current set of assumptions. If you're a meat packer in South Carolina, or you're picking strawberries, or you're cleaning hotel rooms, you probably cannot get Americans to respond to those ads and take those jobs. At least not in not in huge numbers. There are a couple of reasons for that, um, and and they're they're quite obvious. Number one, and we'll, we'll touch on this, then set it aside. The social safety net is generous enough that if you don't want to work, you really don't have to work. Putting that aside. The other situation is because we because consumer America has decided we want cheap hotel rooms and cheap agricultural products and cheap meat, and we're so serious about that, if we have to import a brown underclass to keep those prices artificially low, we are willing to do that.
0: In other words, pay less for cleaning hotel rooms than you would if you used American
2: labor. Exactly. The the wages would go up enough that Americans would take those jobs. Exactly. the way it would work. We've distorted the market by importing a huge substandard Working class, a brown underclass. This is the great progressive goal, is to exploit brown people for their cheap labor. If you were to let the market work, you would be paying more for meat and strawberries and hotel rooms. Or technology would overcome the barriers to, say, cleaning a hotel room. You'd have a a better Roomba rolling around and doing it or something like that. The idea that we must continue an economic system that is dependent on a brown underclass is disgustingly, almost hilariously racist and exploitive. And the fact that the so-called progressives trumpet this all day long is a sign either of their illogic or their, their disingenuousness, and I'm not sure which it is. I mean if it's Nancy Pelosi you're talking about she just knows that those brown people who come into the country generally they when they become citizens they they vote democrat that's her only concern in this. Really? Yeah, really. Uh but that's what Lindsey. Now, I will tell you this in sympathy with Lindsey Graham, because I have sympathy. Because if you were to change the law, all of a sudden, he's absolutely right. South Carolina's agriculture and tourism industries would be devastated. Their entire cost structure would be exploded and become much, much more expensive. And a lot of businesses would do precisely what he said go out of business or move overseas. He's absolutely right. So I guess we gotta continue importing a brown underclass of tens of millions. No, no, no. If you want to have some trans- transitional period, if you want to help out the businesses that are devastated with this, if you want to sit down like adults in the light of day and discuss openly, all right, look, we've got these challenges. We got these challenges. We need, we need a huge temporary visa system. Okay, fine. Let's talk about it and decide which numbers are appropriate. But to conflate all this, as the shameless a hole Jim Acosta of CNN was doing, with illegal immigration, that's just dishonest andor dumb. Man, when I, when I was in
0: high school, there's so many people, junior high and high school, there's so many people that did the agricultural jobs. And now, uh, as we've seen in statistics, we talked about it at the beginning of this summer, we talk about it at the beginning of every summer. A tiny percentage of teenagers do summer jobs, right? and and it used to be lots. Before that, it was almost everybody. And it's exactly the
2: jobs that are now most often done by illegals. So it's not like you have to make some complex, if X equals Y over R, then P plus Q, some sort of complex economic formula to understand it. Both of Jack and I, we mowed lawns. We did landscaping as teenagers to make money. Do the math. Anyway, I'll be interested to
0: see any polling on this. Uh, the media is horrified by any change in immigration. Always that 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 that, that, uh, that would have any rules, where you apply any rules of any kind. Well, but that's... the the public is
2: way in favor of it. It's not mm-hmm. even close among uh, Republicans or Democrats. Uh, a couple other things I did. I was a busboy. Do the math. Go to a restaurant, look at the bus boys. Number three, I was a caddy, and I'm calling for the deportation of golf carts to begin <laughs> immediately. Um, but I do think that's a good question. Nobody ever talks about the dreamers
0: as in Americans who want to do those jobs. Right. They're not dreamers. Only I dream from of being other-
2: a carpenter in California. We could take calls all day long from guys who've been priced out of construction on the West Coast because illegals will do it for less and are easily exploited.
0: Yeah, those people are dreamers, too, if you buy that whole notion. Uh, But whatever. We'll see how this polls, where it goes. Um, So Donald Trump said he got a call from the head of the Boy Scouts saying it was the greatest speech that was ever made to them. Well, somebody was able to fact-check that, and no, he didn't get a call from the Boy Scouts. And uh, so they changed their story yesterday. We can get in. There's another example oh. of that too.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, you said it the other day. His, his whole life he, he could get away with that, right?
2: Because <laughs> nobody cared that it much. wasn't a
0: big enough deal to to check into. This whether is it's-
2: the biggest ballroom in Paris. It's the fourth biggest, as it turns out, but nobody really cares.
0: All right, yeah. But now people actually check these things and. Uh, what are, what's coming up in your news, Marshall?
1: Well, Trump's morning Twitter attack on Congress, possibly fueled in part by Russian trolling and the Hyperloop, becoming a reality at breakneck speed. Oh, got I'm those. glad you're bringing this up. Got those stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong in Giddy. I'm a train guy.
0: Jerry Brown's choo-choo train. I like regular speed, expensive trains <laughs> with lots of
2: stops. You could go from L.A. to San Francisco. In twice the time and twice the expense. Why wouldn't you want that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. How you doing? Yo, yo, yo. All uh, catchphrases that I find uh, as a way to ingratiate myself to a group of people.
1: Well, how's that working? Very well. <laughs> mm. Very well. Mm. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Now, Donald Trump still smarting from Congress, more or less forcing him to sign off on additional sanctions against Russia, fired off a message this morning. Vincent Nicholas, official Trump tweet reader. Our relationship with Russia is at, a, is at an all-time and very dangerous low. You can thank Congress. The same people that can't even give us health care. Well, Trump, also probably not pleased by Russia's Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev's tweeted taunts, and I quote, The Trump administration has shown its total weakness by handing over executive power to Congress in a most humiliating way. He goes on to add, Mr. Trump has been knocked down a peg by Congress. Wow. Trolling.
0: International trolling. You know, I hope Trump gets it, but... It was the power was handed over to Congress by the the framers of the Constitution. They they all have equal power. You see,
2: it's it's interesting with the intersection though between like uh, sanctions laws from Congress and the conduct of foreign policy, which is uh, you know the the executive branch's responsibility. That is kind of a complicated relationship.
1: Now, frequent contributor to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Ian Bremmer, retweeted Medvedev's message, adding, quote, Make no mistake, this is Putin's first direct shot at Trump. This is not going to end well. End of his tweet. Interesting. So, Yeah,
0: it's, it's hard to imagine that. I mean,
2: how often has Trump not reacted to a slight? I was just going to say it's a good thing our chief executive is known for manfully ignoring taunts.
1: The White House facing criticism about some phone conversation President Trump says he had. Boy Scout leaders say they did not call the president to compliment him after his recent speech at the Scout Jamboree. Trump says they did. He it's, said, and I
0: quote, I got a call from the head of the scout saying it's the greatest speech that was ever made to them.
1: Yes. In a White House <laughs> briefing yesterday, the, the press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, was also pressed about Trump's claim that he got a complimentary call from the president of Mexico about border security. The Mexican president denies making such a call. So the about
4: specifically said that he received a phone call from the president of Mexico. They were actually They were direct, they were,
5: they were direct conversations, not actual so phone so he, calls. So he lied. He didn't receive a it was a lie. It was, uh, that's pretty uh, bold accusation. It's a, The conversa- the conversations took place. They just simply didn't take place over a phone call that he had them in person. John.
1: Uh,
0: Why would you mm. say I got a call from the head of the scouts saying it was the greatest speech it was ever made?
2: Well, that, yeah, putting aside the Mexico stuff, which seems like an, a bit quibbling to me, uh, that seems crazy. And the scouts me. say,
0: "No, yeah. we we didn't call him and say right. that." Well, there were conversations in the hall, and uh, you know whether it was a whether it's a personal conversation or a phone call. The the, the results is the same. Well, okay.
1: And companies uh,
0: most of us don't say I got a call when we actually meant we talked to them the other day in the hallway, but you I know,
2: was, I was reading a part of the yeah. art do we have a guest coming up? Oh, yeah, we, we, have we, do. A, yeah. we have a second for this. Um, I was reading part of the art of the deal uh, and he was talking about using hyperbole and bluster and and that sort of thing and I think the problem is that that worked just fine when you'd hear the name Donald Trump you know three times a year maybe oh the the brash hotel guy from New York, right. And then on The Apprentice, when it was a weekly TV show that was edited. But when you hear from the POTUS, whether directly or indirectly, every day or multiple times every day, I don't think you can play the same cards. The bull s card, frankly. The hyperbole card. The bluster card. It doesn't work on a daily basis the same way it works three times a year. The I got a call
0: from the scouts yeah. saying it was the greatest <laughs> speech ever made to them. Or that never happened. Or somebody
2: in the hall said, that was a
1: great speech! If that happened,
2: you can't can't fact check that. Somebody probably said that.
1: Sure. (laughs) Tech startup Hyperloop One, aiming to create Elon Musk's futuristic form of transportation, has announced his Hyperloop pod hit a speed of 192 miles an hour in a test run over the weekend, a big leap from the previous test in May when it only got up to 70 miles an hour. Of course, that was on a very, very short
2: segment of track. That was just testing the technology. And when it actually is up and running, it's going to be
0: 700 miles an hour or something like that? That's what
2: they're shooting for. Well, even if they stuck at the speed they got going right now, and you could leave City A and immediately get to that speed to City B, as opposed to, you know, the regular speed for, you know, half of its distance train, it's already superior technology. Already. Man, it's going to upend the economy,
0: I think, in a good way. When people can travel between L.A. and San Francisco in, in a half an hour. Right or or uh, you know uh, New York and DC or whatever it's going to be it's going to be it's going to restructure the way you look at things the way you think about where you're going to live or
2: business meetings or whatever and jack i dare to dream how about a coast to coast hyperloop how cool would that be of course you already got them their airplanes <laughs> i mean yeah it, once you get up to like thousands of miles you got a, a jumbo jet going you know 400 miles per hour well, I don't know. Depends. We'll have to see.
1: This uh, Hyperloop pod uses magnetic uh, levitation to move itself forward. And so far, the tests have been going along swimmingly. There's I mean, no this... friction, you see. Yep. Mm. Just scoots right along. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. So, why is the Dow at 22 grand? I
2: mean, the economy's okay. Wage growth is in. Why is the stock market so high? We'll ask a learned reporter briefly. What's
0: economic growth at? We still like three percent. hasn't hasn't hit three yet. hasn't hit three yet. With the, the with the Dow setting records every day. That's interesting. Why? Well, we'll talk to somebody who claims to know. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. like every day. there's a new record in the stock market one of your indexes or all of them a lot of days which um in normal times would uh get a tremendous amount of attention what's behind it all i i, I have i feel a crash coming don't you the
2: bulls are running jack enjoy it <laughs> yeah i wonder uh heather long joins us heather is <coughs> excuse me an economics reporter for the washington post heather how are you Hi. Feeling bullish. Excellent. Hey, before we get into the stock market, um, we've been reading with interest the Washington Post coverage of the conversations between President Trump and other foreign leaders. And uh, I want to know who is the leaker, because I'm going to fire everybody (laughs) at the communications staff. Unless you tell me who's the leaker. You're a patriotic American, right? (laughs) Do do you want me to tell you what I think about Steve Bannon? (laughs) Because I will. I kid. Uh, So, Heather, uh, in short, for folks who are not super into this, uh, why is the Dow running so high now?
5: Well, there's two things. Number one is definitely optimism around the election of the president. And you could see that the stock market huge jump since he was elected in November, this belief that uh, his policies are going to be uh, better for the economy and certainly for business. Uh, but the second the second reason, is so we saw that big, um, that first initial about 10% rise from November to March. Then it leveled off for a while as people said, wait a minute, looks like it's going to be harder than we thought to get those tax cuts. Through and that infrastructure plan going. And um, so, what we've seen, sort of the second 10% rise, we're up 20% overall. That second wave of the rise is really coming because companies like Apple uh, have been just on a tear, earning a lot more profits, selling a lot more goods. So, it's more a story of uh, individual companies doing well for this summer.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So a big chunk of it's optimism. And optimism, obviously, it can be fleeting. If it goes away, then well, then it goes away. But actual earnings from some of the big companies, that's that's for real. Yeah, Boeing's
2: crushing it, too, right?
5: That's a good point, yes, yep, and so we've seen two quarters where uh, many large American companies have been beating earnings expectations, so again, really, really bringing those profits and there's a number of factors behind that, uh, one of them is the fact that the the u s dollar is is actually a bit weaker than it was that that makes it easier for a company like Apple or Boeing who likes to sell those airplanes to countries overseas. suddenly, that makes those products look a little cheaper and, and our foreign Counterparts are more likely to buy.
0: I wonder how many people are feeling any richer because of the stock market being up, though. Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't in the stock market. A lot of people who are, it's in their 401k. I don't know if they're checking it on a daily or monthly basis.
5: Well, it's interesting you use the word feeling there, because, again, a lot of us, it's kind of like gas prices, you see these numbers when you're when you're driving around or when you pick up, up a newspaper or turn on the news, and so a lot of people do feel better when the stock market goes up, but the issue is are they actually better off? Are they actually richer? And uh, I had written two pieces yesterday, well, um, one about what's driving this, this rally, but the other one was reminding people half of America has zero dollars in the stock market. Right? Half
0: of so- America has zero dollars in the stock market that's interesting
2: wow meaning no 401k no ira at all
5: that's correct. That's correct. So it's part of the reason we're all worried about uh, p- we people aren't saving enough money for retirement. Well, they're not even putting it in the market. Yeah. And even the next group of people, so sort of your middle-class families, maybe they're earning $50,000, $70,000. Those families have a very small amounts uh, in the stock market. So again, we're talking maybe they have like $30,000, 50000 in the market. So not, it's, hey, look, it helps when it goes up, but it's not really generating a a lot of wealth for the middle class. Most of the gains. One of the stats I always keep in my on my desk: 10% of the stock market is owned. Um, sorry, 10. The top 10% of America own about 80% of the market. So again, any time you see things going up, it's really helping the, the mo- wealthy, the, the top 10% of the country.
2: The Which most. is exactly why uh, people on the lower end of the spectrum should uh, you know, save and invest as much as they can. That's ancient wisdom. Heather Long, economic reporter of the Washington Post, is online. Of course, I made the assumption that an IRA or a 401k must be invested in stocks. Perhaps you just buy gold from William Devane, um, and that's your wealth. Uh, So, Heather, one more question from me, anyway. Isn't uh, the low interest rate still a factor? I mean, because what are you going to do, buy bonds?
5: I think you're you're exactly right. Yeah, uh, that's a huge part of, of what's going on here is uh, stocks still look uh, look relatively attractive, even though, like what you guys said at the very, very beginning of this conversation, a lot of people are thinking, wait, the stock market isn't cheap. You know, that conventional wisdom, buy low, sell high. <laughs> Everybody on Wall Street will tell you, we're at a pretty high point right now, but, but where else are you going to put your money? Stocks still look more attractive uh, when interest rates and, and bonds or yields are so low. William Devane knows where to put your money.
0: Gold! Gold. Um, is looking at the stock market number a bad way to determine whether or not the economy is doing well or not?
5: Well, all the evidence over the years says yes. Right. And you can. I was, ask a, a I was leading Obama that at.
0: question. If you'd said no, I'd have hung up on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's just disappointing to me that a lot of people with uh, nice hair and nice teeth on cable news act like they, you know everything is great in the world when the Dow hits a record. But what's our economic growth for for the country right now?
5: Uh, well, the la- latest read was obviously two point six percent, which means that we're at we're still at the same uh, levels of growth we've been at for years. It's an uh, average so far this year of two percent growth. Yeah, that's
0: what I want to see change.
5: Yeah. yeah, you and everybody else. I call it good but not great. And then we want if we want great, we got to get that higher. Heather Long
2: of the Washington Post economics reporter. Heather, terrific job. Yeah. Really great to talk to you. Thank you. Take care. All right, you too. Hey, uh, gold star for Heather there. Yeah,
0: she was good. And I think most economic reporters are awful. I mean, just awful. Uh, right. Uh, half of
2: them don't know anything about what they're talking about. Well, and neither do the people. They just got stuck with the beat. Hey, did you hear that, Sean? Gold star for Heather?
0: Yeah. And neither did the people listening apparently. So the the whole Perfect. economic news is the dumbest reporting that happens in America, based on my uh, <laughs> my survey. The previous
2: section, uh, session, uh, th- 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 what we just did there—that was an well, anomaly, that was an exception. Yeah, uh, that proves the rule, whatever that means. If you could time the market, if
0: you had a time machine, yes. The big but crash. Only. The cr- big crash of two thousand nine. The Dow was at seven thousand, just over seven thousand <laughs> points. And now it's at 22. Mm. Of course, you can't time the market. No, you can't. And trying, uh, well, many people have tried and failed.
2: Um, And if Osama bin Laden was calling you and telling you, I would sell now, sell, (laughs) you're probably a very bad person. The
0: most interesting thing that she said in there, though, she said, well, uh, uh, a lot of the run up was because of the unbelievable optimism. And I thought, wow, how, how disconnected is that from the media? The media has been nothing but unrelenting pessimism since Election Day, whereas the business class,
2: uh, unrelenting optimism. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is some of the optimism is it's been tempered. By watching the struggles uh, by the Republicans in the White House to get stuff done. How would it not be? Well, yeah, it's been tempered. But, uh, again, to get back to your media thing, there have been a lot of things that have been very positive done by executive order, regulations, rollbacks, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that just don't get as much attention. So I want to talk a little more about the immigration policy and the big announcement and... Um, and, and the idea of income inequality, a great progressive cause that I, I believe y'all on the left, you are absolutely screwing the people you claim to be helping with your immigration beliefs.
0: Did you hear the latest Wells Fargo scandal? Th- Another that's one? A, that's a criminal enterprise, Wells Fargo. Allegedly, they have lawyers. Stay tuned to the Armstrong
3: and Getty Show. Step into the world of power, loyalty.
4: VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. plus. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status for